welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, where we interview the senior leaders in large accounting firms and networks to talk about juicy topics like leadership, vision, culture, talent, growth, change, performance, and strategy. I'm your host, Rob Brown, and I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, who is the managing partner of Top 100 UK accounting firm, London-based MGR. It's Nick Muir. Nick, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's super to have you on the show. Nick, for people that may not have come across you, just tell us where you work, what you do, and a little bit about your background. Well, I'm managing partner at MGR. We're in northwest London. We've been around over 35 years. We've grown up with media entertainment, property, and other other sectors, currently about 80 staff, and I was appointed managing partner about 18 months ago, following us joining the EDL network. Mm. It's always an interesting route, isn't it, to managing partner? A lot of people wonder, well, how did you get there? So take us right back to where it started. Do you remember your first job? I came out of university without any idea what I wanted to do other than play drums in, in a metal band, and that wasn't going particularly well. Now I remember working in an insurance office. I was quite chuffed because I had a computer to work on. Warehouse work, I did a bit of bouncing, but my dad got sick of it. He called me one day and told me I had to get a haircut. And he just said one thing, just promise you'll do your best in the interview. And it was a firm of local chartered accountants. Hadn't got a clue what I was really going for, but fortunately the managing partner there supported Watford, as I do. And we spoke about football for 45 minutes, much to the annoyance of the HR manager who was there. And I got the job. That's how I got into accountancy. Mm. I loved it. I loved the training, loved the way that all the knowledge unfolded. I went into larger firms after that, PKF, Robson Rhodes. About 10, 12 years ago, decided that I want to go into an environment where I was able to work with clients on a day-to-day basis, learn more. Uh, I joined MGR 12 years ago. And were you always ambitious? Did you always look at the top job and think, I want that job? Or did you drift into this role now? Totally drifted into it. There was no predetermined plan. I think all I had was a desire to learn. And you don't seem like a man of regrets apart from not being able to play drums in a rock band but is there anything you'd change about the way your career's gone or the way you've gone about things generally? No because it's worked out quite well. I'm really happy with where I am and the challenges. What I might do differently looking back is I think I was quite late to appreciate the impact that technology and IT would have in the profession. I might have wanted to be a, a bit more of a visionary and an early adapter. You said you've always loved this learning. You've got this self-development ethic about you. Where do you tend to go for information? if you want to learn stuff? Well, I've always found that actually the people around you Isn't are it? the best. Feeding off your colleagues and bouncing ideas off. And at PKF was a great example. They really invested a lot of time in this building personal value concept. And that was important. But equally, when I turned up at MGR, I was told that, you know, you're going to work with David Green, who's a partner, and you're going to learn. And I said, well, what does he do? Well, he does a lot of valuation work. And I sat with him probably for three or four years learning. And that was a better education than, I don't know, doing a course in valuation. Mm. In a good accountancy practice, there is so much knowledge and resource. You bring up a really important point around the idea of coaches and mentors and just sitting at their feet and taking stuff on that you can't get from a book, can you? Or you don't even get from experience. It just accelerates you right into to new learning. Yes, that's right. And one of the advantages we have at MGR is we, we still have a very knowledgeable partnership here, but we also have that mix of youth coming through. And that's what we're trying to do. Make sure that both groups have enough time together that knowledge is passed on. There's sometimes a certain arrogance about the older people in an accounting firm that they can't learn from the people below them. I don't suspect that affects you, does it? Because it sounds like you're absorbing it from 
everywhere and you can learn from this these generations coming through well hopefully it works both ways and you know we're incredibly open-minded as a practice one thing that i picked up on early doors when i joined mgr this idea that we um, consistently punch above our weight we're always looking for work which is challenging we don't sit in our comfort zone and that in itself means that there's a real learning attitude and i think that's why uh, we don't often find that generational divide where well that's a stupid idea and that the younger people saying well i wish they'd get with the times it's not perfect there's a real and has been a real attitude that we'll learn off each other over the years you know i've never assumed that i know all the answers i'm always happy to stand corrected if there's a better way of doing things i've heard it said that you should always employ people who are better than you don't employ people that have worse ideas and look for people to work with who have better ideas i mean the leadership is about actually delivering results Mm. it's not about individual successes it's about the delivery of results overall so very good and that takes a a huge amount of self-confidence self-assurance to not feel threatened by being surrounded by smart people so kudos to you there what about personal life work life you seem very driven nick how easy do you find it or difficult to separate what you're doing at home and, and away from work from the job yeah it is impossible to a certain extent because one is dependent on the other i think it is important to compartmentalize as much as possible if i work from home i have a an office and i never take the work out into the communal areas of the house importantly and i've made this a point over the years uh, when i work at weekends i go into the office because i don't want at the oh, weekends okay. the family to feel that they've tiptoe around right. and be quiet shh dad's working and yeah. stuff. the house is there to be enjoyed i'll go into the office and over the years i've maybe taken one of the kids with me bribe them with mcdonald's and <laughs> wi-fi connection in the office it's easy to get a yeah. kid you know, get one of them in but that but the idea is i don't want the work to spill over into the household it's about boundaries so that's yeah. an important way of segregating the two but yeah it is difficult to switch off at um you know long day lots of issues going on so it is difficult but i do try i love that and as a managing partner you're the head of the pack and you are constantly on call aren't you so there's always phone calls and emails coming in that seem to need to be dealt with urgently and a lot of the managing partners and leaders we have on the show they do say about how the job changes when they become a leader you've talked a little bit about the blurred lines between family and work but when you get to managing partner you might have to leave your clients behind things definitely change so how has being a leader taken you closer or further away from what you love doing the most i've had to leave some client work behind not my clients but okay uh, i used to do a lot of the, the one-off projects around uh, that, that used to come in which i loved it was part of the learning that's why i learned the okay. project would come in no two projects are the same and that's how uh, i learned a lot or have learned a lot so so there was a bit of grieving there was there when you had to leave that yeah there is grieving and also i've had to be disciplined about it someone phones up if it's a lawyer or saying look it's a piece of work first thing is the inclination or, or reactions to get excited yeah, yeah i can do it i can yeah. do it send me more information and even from some of my partners occasionally got a client they've got an issue and i think this is something you can help with and i think there was a little bit of, at the outset where i didn't have the discipline to say i just you wouldn't let it careful. go would you i've got to be careful <laughs> with my time here but a year on i think i'm finding that and we are really lucky where we are in terms of the people that we got coming through and what i have realized over the last year a lot of the work that i thought you know that's a probably way too advanced for someone to do only maybe my partner paul could do it or i could do it or, but i realized that's not the case i'll give you an example i was doing a due diligence and transaction support about a year ago done most of the i shouldn't really take on but i did struggling a bit asked one of my managers to help me out to complete it and i'd left the dreaded working capital cycle review to the end left it for him to 
and said, Look, I, I just need you, Alex, I need you just to have a look. Here's a few pointers. Just yeah. come and check. And I learned how to do working capital. So really? <laughs> just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing it once you get to managing partner. Yes. I need to keep reminding myself of that. Look, when you've done years of fee earning work, it's old habits die hard. And mm. I've just got to stop myself diving in and try and do the work. I'm well, it is a new role when you get to the top. Is there anything you've changed your mind on in the last few years? Because they say the mark of an educated person is the degree to which you're willing to let go of old ways of thinking and embrace new ways of thinking. And there's a lot of change going on at the moment. Yeah. The biggest thing I've changed my mind about is I used to be quite a perfectionist. If a piece of work had a flaw in it, then that piece of work was flawed, even the slightest flaw. And I think that it's really about direction of travel. It was Winston Churchill that said, if you stop and throw stones every dog that barks, you'll never reach your destination. (laughs) That's good. So I'm much more focused on progress over perfection. We can all stop and make things perfect as we go along, but that's really going to hold up progress in terms of the end product. So I try not to now get hung up over the little things that don't work. As long as the project is moving, we'll try and fix those up, but I'm not going to stop the whole project while we stop and fix something. Yeah, you're almost saying as well, Nick, fight your battles because there's a lot you could get involved with, but it doesn't serve you really because it's not making the boat go faster, if you like. Totally. And I think that's probably what Winston Churchill meant by that. But yeah, I think you're right. It is also about picking your battles. Look, within partnership, there are always differences of opinion, different ways of looking at things. Yeah. And it's important to take on board the views of everyone. If I stopped and you know picked a fight over everything, nothing gets achieved. There's a challenge in that though, Nick, because when you get to managing partner, you are channeling a whole host of egos. And if you want to rule by consensus, you're trying to get the different opinions of everyone and find some common ground. And it's really difficult. So sometimes you've got to pick a direction and go in it and bring as many people with you as you can. Yes. Consensus is important and communication is really important. But we constituted what we call a leadership team 18 months ago. We're conscious that in order to make progress, we, we would have to move away from the rounded collegiate decision-making process that we'd become used to. And we'd need more direction, more decisions, which would be taken with in a smaller team so yeah. we have a team of four including myself but we take the partners with us mm-hmm. okay so we are working on a five-year plan a strategy and we will get all our shareholders our partners to sign off on that so they're moving with us but the leadership team are defining that so we come up with a vision and how we achieve it but we want to bring everyone with us but there must be some times nick as a leader when you have a great idea that is just totally out there and you think i don't know if i can bring people with me i mean is there, is there something you believe in deep that other people think is completely crazy? Yeah, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> With all those ideas, it depends how you communicate. It's all about results. And some of it, we need to make the case to show that there's an end result, that we have the resources. And most importantly, that the expected or hopeful results are in line with our risk profile. And I think if we can communicate that across the board, well, hopefully I've got an easier job. But yes, I do come out with, with crazy things. For a few years, I've been trying to get some of my partners to appreciate that recovery rates, they're only one of a number of measures that we need to look at when making a business decision. It's useful and it tells us stuff about performance, but shouldn't be the overall measure in terms of decisions that we are just about to make at any point in time. So I'll give you an example. Often we will have a piece of work which can be staffed at maybe a junior level, but that junior is on study leave. Okay, But the client's a really good payer and I'd like to get the work done, collect the cash, move on. In my mind, that's really good business. 
business sense rather than wait a month for the, for the junior to come back from study leave. Yeah. I have a senior sat in the office, currently unutilized, who could do that job. But I will meet resistance from people sometimes who say, no, I want to wait until my junior comes back mm. to do that job because my recovery rate will be better. Yeah. To which I say, but our profit will be exactly the same. But if we did it my way, we'd have the cash in the bank three or four weeks earlier. Now, I'm not saying that recovery rates and those measures are unimportant, but I think we need to be much more rounded in our decision making. I think sometimes we're just driven too much with the obsession on recovery rates, charge out rate. Yeah. I'm going to pivot, Nick, if I may, just to talk about the accounting profession generally. We can't ignore these uncertain times that we're in right now and the profession is facing some challenges. But in general, what kind of shape do you feel the profession is in currently? It's in a state of flux. We are in a profession where we have an aging profile of ownership. Practice owners of all sizes, but typically smaller, medium-sized practices have gone through a lot of change over the last few years. How did they cope with change generally as a race, do you think, account? We cope by necessity. We wait until we have to. Under duress. Cloud, <laughs> yes, a cloud accounting's been, you know, I remember reading about cloud accounting in 2008, and it only became really something that the majority of us focused on when MTD happened as a project. Then everyone was like, crikey. And now there's huge potential advantages that come out of cloud, but mm. we only start to focus on them when there's a real compliance need to. So we have a, aging partners who are possibly, I think, looking for a way out, can't see a way out because they may not have younger talent in the practices who are keen to step into their shoes and may not want to st step into a partnership environment. They see the world differently, don't want to be tied in with huge commitments, want some flexibility in their lifestyle. So we've got this imbalance, as I see it, which coming back to MGR, I think we're quite well placed to take advantage of it. Firstly, we do have that tier of younger, promising talent that wants to be involved in our journey. We realize that partnership in the older sense may not be for them, but we don't adhere to that traditional partnership setup. We've moved to more corporate yeah. leadership team, and we're at a nice size with talent. I think we can look around when the time is right for opportunities as mm. well to bring in good firms that are looking around for um, a succession solution. Yeah, you, you've touched on succession talent, the aging leadership structure of many firms. Are there other challenges you see for accounting firms right now, particularly if they want to grow? Oh, yeah. I think the biggest challenge for our, our profession is I think it's commoditized to a large extent, the compliance work. So that's a really big challenge for us as a profession. Our clients really don't value that. One set of accounts looks pretty much the same as any other set of accounts. We're going to step out of our comfort zone. And for years, we've been talking about advisory as a profession. We're really going to have to move into the advisory area. But using client care as a stepping stone, I think we need to get better at client care. And client care isn't difficult. That's not technical. That's just better at what we do, more understanding, responsive with our clients. And I think that's something that our staff are actually better at than partners sometimes. If we empower and encourage staff, give your team freedom just to spend a few extra minutes here and there and not get slaughtered over spending 10 minutes of time that may or may not be recovered. It's just that little bit of client care yeah. um, goes a long way, adds value. Maybe not this month, but over the course of a year, that adds value. Sure. And then from there, we can move into that advisory space. And I don't think there's a long lag. I think this is all simultaneous. Uh, the future very much looks like a pyramid where the compliance is at the bottom. And that is the foundation. A time 
time resources we're still going to be spending a lot of our time yeah compliance is not dead is it it's not dead it's still there but it's not valued to the same extent Mm. where we get the value is is the customer care on top and compliance gives uh, the opportunity to offer that customer care which then moves up into advisory that's where the real value would be over time our engagement letters will no longer refer to fees being chargeable in relation to time i think the move will be away from using those charging sheets as a means of charging possibly for internal performance measurement but not for determining what the value of services are to clients but that's a big mindset and we're going to have to step out of comfort zones to a certain Mm. extent you're very passionate about people you talk about surrounding yourself with smart people you've touched on succession how much of a challenge is it to recruit good talent because a lot of leaders tell us that what holds back our growth is finding enough of the right people it's incredibly difficult always has been why is it difficult Uh, if i talk about the imbalance that we referred to earlier we have to sell ourselves because if we're interested in bringing talent to be part of our journey we first of all need to sell a different story because a lot of talent soon after qualifying realize that their experience of being in practice isn't what they want to do for the rest of their lives so we know that we have to sell ourselves as a different proposition and a different experience and that's what we work on so in the interview process i'm acutely aware wasn't always aware but i've become aware that just as much as we're interviewing the candidate they're interviewing us Hmm. they want to hear the story that we've got to tell and we have to be passionate about that story and we have to back it up with examples and also sell a vision so that's what has proven most successful over the last couple of years we use concrete examples of what we're doing why we're different the journey that we want to go on and how we think that the candidate can help us and what we can give back in return salaries are obviously important we try to remain competitive Uh, we took a decision about four years ago to only recruit the best graduates onto our training programs and that's been incredibly successful probably half of our management here is staffed by people who've come through the ranks and in a couple of years time we hope there'll be a few more so it's incredibly difficult to recruit but we think telling the story being passionate will help but also bringing them through the ranks which is what we've done yeah love that if people love what you're saying this has been really inspiring and very honest i want to chat to you about mgr i want to chat to you about leadership talk about the great stuff you've what might be a good way for them to reach you? I'm on LinkedIn. Look me up on our website, www.mgr.co.uk. You'll easily find me there. Thanks for that. And uh, yeah, this has been great. Leave us with you, Nick, with the accountants listening as well, with uh, one piece of advice that would help them in their road to leadership. It goes back to, I think, something we said earlier about just absorbing everything that you can learn around you in your environment. Yeah. Well, Nick Muir, Managing Partner of MGR, that's been world class. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Accounting Leaders Podcast with me, Rob Brown. I want to personally thank you for spreading the word and sharing our show with your accounting network. And if you are an accountant who wants to master the skills of winning business for your firm and enhancing your income and career prospects, our Business Development Academy site has some great training for you at bdacademy.pro. Now do connect to me on LinkedIn and at the Rob Brown on Twitter. I'd love to hear what you think about this show and our other hugely popular sister podcast, Accounting Influencers. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day.